Welcome to All Access Network Podcast. So excited that you decided to join us. You will absolutely love and you're in for a treat for today's guest. Uh, we are on a mission to positively impact the world through sports and culture. We're a multimedia network, we're a YouTube channel, uh, a podcast, and we also have live shows. Uh, if you haven't followed us on YouTube, you can find us at uh, All Access Network. If you haven't followed us on Twitter, you can find us at All Access underscore net, uh, where we also do some of our live shows, uh, along with Facebook at All Access Network. But so excited to have you with us today. Uh, we love for people to be able to write their story, uh, leave their mark, and create their legacy. We're on a mission. We appreciate you joining us. And again, please share, like, and subscribe uh, whenever you get a chance. And stay on this journey with us. It's going to be an awesome ride. I want to take time to acknowledge one of our partners, Rising Coaches. Every coach wants to rise in their career in one way or another. We're all looking for professional development, access to tools, and relationships that can help us grow and help us advance in our career. Rising Coaches provides just that. You can visit Rising Coaches at www.risingcoaches.com. Their memberships are just $10 a month and provides a genuine community to help you grow and advance in your career. Today we sit down with TJ Thomas founder and head coach of Texas Impact 413. TJ has done a tremendous job building this program from the bottom up. Now, he has just gotten an Under Armour contract and is on his way to bigger and bigger things. What up, what up, what up? We're back again. Excited to have uh, one of DFW's finest. We got my man TJ Thomas here today with All Access Network podcast. TJ, what up, man? Man, what's up, B? I appreciate you you having me on today, man. I really do. Yeah, that's your way. What'd you say? I said I appreciate you having me on today, man. How's everything your way? Good, man. Good. Excited to get things started for the new year, and uh, just looking forward to uh to today, man. People getting to know your story. So, so just to kick it off, we like to start it out by just saying, who is T.J. Thomas? Man. Um, <laughs> That's a good one, to be honest. Um, I would say coach, uh, mentor, um, man of God, for sure. I mean, those would kind of be the main things, you know, I, I would go ahead and say for myself. Good, good main ones. Talk about your family real quick. I know uh, we all have people behind us that kind of fuel us to be who we are. Talk a little about the people behind the scenes that makes TJ who he is. Yep, so I would have to say – you know, mom, for sure. Uh, mom, dad. Um, I, I have three brothers or two brothers and a sister, actually. So I'm the oldest. Um, grew up in a house with both of my brothers. And um, I mean, to be honest, that's kind of the core. You know, we, that's kind of the core of my, of my main family right there. So, yeah, try to spend as much time with them as I can. You know what I mean? Basketball, you, you coach, you know how busy you could be. Absolutely. Absolutely. Talk about, uh, so <clears throat> Texas impact, we'll get to the story of Texas impact here mm -hmm. shortly, but let's talk about the breaking news. The news of last week is got a new Under Armour deal. Um, yeah. so for those that don't know Under Armour, there, there's, there's different types of grassroots, right? You have those programs that don't have a shoe affiliation and don't have a shoe contract 
sponsorship that provides uh, gear and maybe an allotment of money for travel and yep. uh, play on an exclusive circuit with teams from Nike, if you're Nike, Under Armour, if you're Under Armour, Adidas, if you're Adidas. Uh, and that kind of helps a certain branding and prestige for your athletes too. So talk a little bit about just what it means to the program. Uh, I think this is your sixth year, what yep. it means to be able to build to a point to be independent for this long and then get to this point. It's got to be a sigh of relief, but what does it mean for your program? What does it mean for you? What does it mean for your kids? Gotcha. So I guess sigh of relief isn't, isn't kind of how I would phrase it. I think it's, I think it's a huge blessing and a big opportunity. Um, I think it's going to give us a chance to, to offer our kids a chance to play against some of the best players in the country. You know, those platforms, you got five stars, four stars, top 100 kids. I think it's going to give us a chance to consistently lace it up with those guys. You know, iron sharpens iron, the best want to play the best. So I think it gives us that opportunity. Um, I would say um, the best way in, in, in kind of explaining what they are, I mean, Adidas has their platform, Nike has theirs, and Under Armour has theirs. And um, – I would, I would probably best describe it like you did. I mean, pretty much you get an allotment of, uh, of money to use for gear and then you get an allotment of money to use for travel and practice and different things you need to do to kind of make it throughout the season and make it more, you know, cost efficient for parents. But I think the biggest thing, even more so than the, you know, what you get, I think that being able to go and go to these spots and play against some of the best teams in the country, I think is huge. Absolutely. Absolutely. Talk about, uh, let's just talk about for your program, the players themselves. What does it mean for them? I mean, I know recruiting is as big at your level as yeah. it is at the college level. Some people yeah. don't know that. Uh, just talk about that real quick. What does it mean from a recruiting standpoint for, for you guys and for your players that are already in your program playing on that stage? Yep. So I kind of felt like we were, um, what's the word for it? I guess blessed or fortunate because even prior to the deal, we had we had been getting some of the best kids that that um, the state of Texas had to offer. So, like with us, as far as recruiting, it may help us get a kid that may have said like, "Hey, I have to play on the shoe circuit." Like it's a, it's a non negotiable for me. You know, maybe we'll be able to get some of those guys. But I think for the most part, we had been getting some pretty good players. So it might add another one or two, you know, to the fold. But um, I think it helps recruiting, certainly. I think it may speed up the process with certain things. And also, man, I mean, you coached and, and you coached at, at, at college and in college. And, uh, you know, the more resources you have, I mean, the easier your job is to recruit. So absolutely. Absolutely. Let's mm -hmm. talk about the journey. Let's talk about uh, your career. I know you spent some time in Oklahoma State with Travis Ford. Mm -hmm. um, I've recruited your program, so we've gotten to know each other well. Uh, much respect for how you uh, run your program, how you teach your young man, what you work to instill in them, and then uh, how you handle the recruiting process. You know, um, I wasn't blessed to sign one. I probably would have had I not moved jobs to a, yep. a martyr Fresno. I was on my way to sign a really good one that, that we love. But, uh, yep. no, I just uh, talk about your journey to Oklahoma State and then what led you in the grassroots and then just talk about Texas Impact 413. I don't want to leave that part out. What is the 413 in Texas Impact as you tell the story too? Gotcha. So uh, my last, I want to say year and a half, two years, 
in Stillwater, man, we uh, I was able to help out, you know, help out Coach Ford, help out the team, and and learn so much. I mean, just as far as like coaching and, and expectations and what it takes. Um, my last year, I actually we we did seventeen and under. This was in two thousand sixteen with Texas Impact, and um, I actually was living in Stillwater, and I used to drive to Dallas every single week. So we used to practice on Fridays and Mondays and we did that. So basically I could make practice on the weekends. I mean, um, on Friday and Monday, and then we could play on the weekends. And I, I, I switched up my class schedule to where we only had, or I only had class Tuesday and Thursday, kind of give me a chance to, um, I guess, to be there and coach and get this thing off the ground. And, you know, that was, we were just Texas impact elite that year, actually. And uh, some things happened during that season. And we ended up switching and adding the 413 to the name, uh, which is Philippians 413. I can do all things through Christ. And um, honestly, I think that ended up being a, a huge move. I mean, just kind of putting, implementing God first and what we do, I think ended up kind of changing almost the landscape of what we did, of what we do. Um, and to be honest, the thing just kept building and building from there, kept learning and, and, and getting better. And uh, it kind of led us to where we are right now, to be honest with you. I feel like there was a middle, a middle, middle question in there that I missed. Uh, no, just telling the journey. I mean, you, you obviously were at Oklahoma State. Uh, so now just talking about um, how you built, what made you build it? What made you create an AAU program? What made you... Not only what made you do it, but uh, I, I got to see pretty much all six years to this point uh, when it first started. And from doing it myself, so I was in a grassroots circle when I started uh, my career, just finished college, similar to you probably, and just started a U organization. And next thing you know, we had success and we had some high level dudes. And next thing you know, you're having fun. And uh, I didn't have the same desire to continue to build it. I actually kind of stepped away. My brother did the second year. He's now a head coach uh, in college at Texas and Commerce. Um, I joined a couple other organizations for here or there, uh, but I kind of got went to the JUCO route instead yep. and, and did that. So to build it year after year um, and to build it to the level you have to go from being a guy who maybe had a Division One player the first year, maybe didn't, now that I think about it, um, maybe yeah. did, but they were underclassmen, right? No, uh, we had a couple because we had a uh, Keaton Wallace and Cameron Christian, so boys right. from UTSA. Okay, got you. So yeah. early on, though, wasn't a program that was looked at like that. <clears throat> Whereas now, people know, uh, and you've had guys that have been McDonald's All Americans in your program. You've had uh, Williamson kid that's at Louisville who was a McDonald's All American. You've yeah. had high level guys. You have a Texas A and M uh, signee. You have different level guys now. You got. Guys going almost every guy is Division One. So how did you build it from in such a competitive DFW area? What was kind of your formula, your mission? What made you do it? How did you do it the whole nine? So uh, first thing I would tell anybody is just put God first. I mean, and then the, as far as like the physical grunt work, man, I think uh, to make it in this business, I think we all have to have it. But I have like a – a weird obsession with basketball, man. It's kind of like, man, early mornings, late nights, uh, working out kids. Uh, I have like three, 
three whiteboards I keep in my bedroom. And, and, and pretty much on the whiteboards is like recruiting boards for one team and then what's coming next. I mean, uh, to-do list of stuff when it comes to recruiting and branding and different things of that nature. So, like, I just think marketing and, and, and then actually being willing to work, I think, is, is a big thing. Like, if there's a game on a Tuesday, a Friday, a Saturday, be there. If it's a player that already plays for you or that you need to recruit, be there. Um, never miss an opportunity to work. You know, if a kid wants to get in the gym, be there. Make it happen. I think those things will kind of – it's kind of what led or what helped us get there. I mean, I remember um, the summer of, of 2018 and 2019. I mean, just different things that I did um, that, that, that kind of came back to, to bite or, or didn't work. You know, you have – just to give you a rundown, in 2017, we had a really good team. That was a team where you recruited uh, Xavier and probably would have got him if you would have stayed, to be honest. Um, but you recruited him, and then um, we went to um, – we had a really good team. That's the team with Samuel Williamson. We won a bunch of games. Our chemistry was was crazy. And those guys, guys – Oh, where did I go? That was a recruit calling right there for those that don't know. <laughs> um, sorry about that now, but those guys, man, they they they, they loved each other, I think. Um, they loved each other, they cared about each other, and they accepted each other, I think, which was, which was huge. Um, and the guys ended up playing so well Together, uh, we won a lot of games. We beat a lot of shoe teams. And I think it kind of put us on the map. But the, the big thing that I want to tell everybody, especially on a platform like this, is the very next summer, uh, uh, Burton, I don't know if you remember, um, we had the team with KJ Cunningham. Yep. Um, and Ty Caswell and those guys. Like, man, when I say that's probably the worst job I think I've done coaching, uh, we won games, so, like, I don't think people outside seen it. Um, right. I tell those kids all the time, like, I wish I could do it over again because everything was about proving to everybody that we were here and we were here to stay. I mean, we had just lost Sam to the EYBL, and right. everybody kind of wanted to play a pity party. Like, I hate that that happened to you guys, and I really didn't want that. I wanted, I wanted everybody to think, like, man, them dudes are good. Like, the shoe teams, man, they were losing kids left and right. I mean, they weren't getting a pity party. And right. I spent that entire summer focused on people who really, I hate to say didn't matter, but but they, they didn't matter as much as the guys in front of me. And my investment went more into the box score than it did uh, the guys. Like, it was more result-driven. And I feel like I learned so much that year. Hated it, though. Like, hated the whole summer, didn't have fun. Um, but I learned so much from, from that year. And I, we came back the next year. That's when we had – you know, Big John and and, and uh, Jeffrey Mills and those guys, and we were really good. I mean, we went nine and one on the circuit, lost in the Elite Eight um, on the Rise circuit, UA Rise circuit, and we were like thirty four and eight, I think, on the summer. Like, we barely lost out of those eight losses. I think we lost the first four in the first three weeks of the season. 
So, but the investment was different. It wasn't about the the wins and losses. It was more about the guys, the guys in front of us. Let's invest in people and, and see what those relationships do for us. And I, th- I think it was great. It worked out well for us during this COVID summer as well. So, like, the I guess my advice to speak on the journey for anybody trying to do this is is stay focused on what's important to you like don't get caught up in the in what people say or what people expect you to be just be you and, and trust the process like that would be my advice right and there's and as you talked about that was great uh tj by the way but you talked about a just kind of a, a real life introspection right you had to look yourself in the mirror you knew something didn't feel right you had to kind of assess and say you know what I was doing this for the wrong reasons this time. And I yeah. got, I got away from myself. Yeah. How, how did you, what made you do that? How did you, how did you come about that conclusion? Because that's really something in real life that for all of us, whether you coach grassroots, whether you coach in college, whether you're a parent, whether you're a husband, whether you're a college student, whether you're whatever you are, mm-hmm. uh, that we all kind of need to do along the way. So what made you do that? And and, and it sounds like the success and, and the obvious the success is obvious now with, where your program is headed from there, because it's kind of a turning point. If you stayed on that path, you wouldn't be probably where you are with the Under Armour deal. You wouldn't have the players you probably just recently had. Um, so talk about that part of it real quick before we move to the next thing. Um, man, if I had to like attribute it to one any moment, which I really don't know if I quite believe if it was one any moment, but um, I remember distinctly like I, I went to my parents' house. I asked them a question. Asked my mom a question, and she probably doesn't even realize, or I really more so made a statement. She probably really didn't even realize what I was getting at. Um, she will when she watches this podcast, though. But <laughs> she, um, I told her, I said, um, like it was a lot of pressure, don't you think, um, to to finish college in a, in a certain amount of time, like to be a certain kind of kid person. Um, I was always kind of like the old head I guess um coming through old soul is what a lot of people told me so um, a little bit ahead I guess if you will smart kid and everybody in my family I uh, used to talk about different expectations and different things that they thought I was going to do and like hey man, he's going to take over this or take over that I think in high school they voted me like most likely to to be rich or succeed or something like that like and I was just talking to her about the pressure and all of that. I mean, just randomly. And she and she was telling me, like, basically all of that pressure was self-inflicted. Like nobody else was 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 carrying those those same standards or expectations but yourself in your own mind. And I think just hearing that, I was able to apply it back to 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 basketball, you know, and what I was what I was, you know, deeming to be important versus what really was. So I think that one conversation made the difference and it wasn't even about hoops. So right. <laughs> that worked out. that's usually how it works. That's usually how it works. Uh, but let's talk about adversity, right? You have kids, you do a great job of uh, staying connected to your kids, even when they move on. You know, I think sometimes in the grassroots, they get a bad reputation. So we'll talk a little bit about what some of the misconceptions of guys that are in your role. Uh, we'll ask that mm-hmm. second part. But first part is, what's just an adversity that you personally have had to overcome? You kind of talked about the shift and the awareness of uh, kind of being a look back. What's an adversity personally that you've had to overcome uh, that may even draw inspiration from your players? Because we talk all the time as coaches and as leaders 
about that moment of adversity and how important that really will define your success. Whatever you're doing in life, again, it will define your success, how you handle adversity. Life is what, uh, 10% of what happens to you and 90% of how you respond. So what would you say for yourself personally, how that fits in? And secondly, what's a misconception of guys that are grassroots leaders or grassroots coaches? So, uh, as far as adversity, man, just a quick story. Um, in 2016, I worked with another program. We kind of linked up. Um, this was my first year doing, you know, 17U competitively, like at this at this level. And Adidas Silver did their first time doing a circuit, and we went out. We did it. Um, Dallas, we go three and one. But I made the mistake of taking too many players. I had like 12 dudes on this team. Um, and I had like 12 dudes that were pretty good and could play. Um, obviously, kids aren't playing when stuff like that happens. Um, we do three and one in Dallas. We go to Atlanta for session two. We go one and three. Uh, we get back from Atlanta. And mind you, I was living in Oklahoma at this time. My team's based out of Dallas. I get a call from a parent like, hey, um, one of the parents on the team sent a text to all the parents like, hey, we, we're not like we don't appreciate the way this team is being coached. Like, let's all get a new coach and kind of do the team on our own. And just a couple of weeks prior to that, maybe three or four weeks prior, man, we had a parent on the team, which is another reason why if you are in the program, we won't take a donation from you um, until you're after you're done. As we had a parent who donated maybe five or six thousand dollars toward the season anybody who's done AAU knows five or six thousand dollars doesn't take you that far and um the parent got super upset because their kid wasn't playing a lot I mean, it was 12 players on the team and um through a fit man tried to sue us and in, in, in the whole nine um so, you know, between being stressed out from that and then coming out and, and having the parents try to hijack the team, that's actually when we decided to switch the name from Texas Impact to Texas Impact 413. And, you know, I was done. I was like, you know what, man, this is just too much. You know, I'm getting ready to finish school, get a job, kind of work it, work it differently. Like, this is just too much to kind of deal with. And we ended up getting a kid, Xavier Bryant, who was a year younger than all the other kids. Uh, like the week, the next week after all of that happened, just so we could have seven players and finish, finish out the summer. And I'll tell anybody who asks, because they'll say, like, hey, the way you talk about X, like he's like one of your favorites, man. If it wasn't for him, I highly doubt uh, we would be here talking about grassroots. I mean, because he would tell me, like, coach, we got to have a team. We got to have a team. Like, we got to have a team. Because um, I was done, you know, and, um, I think probably in terms of grassroots, I think that was the hardest thing to face because the parent who did it, I had known for years, you know, I had been around him for years. So it was just kind of like a huge betrayal. And um, to touch that second question on like uh, the, the misnotion or the, the notion that AAU coaches are in it for them. Um, I'm here to say it like where a lot of people can watch and pay attention. There's not a lot of money in grassroots basketball. It's, re it's really not, um, especially at the high school level or the elite level. You know, it's, it's not a, it's not really a chance for for coaches to, to 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 go crazy and make a bunch of money off your kid. I think a lot of the time, like guys are doing this purely because they, they have a big heart. and They want to help. Uh, they want to make a difference. Um, I talk to to different grassroots coaches all the time. I mean, and they're always like like working and working and working. 
Um, this time last year, I mean, we were talking about it, Burton, not too long ago. Um, you were, I used to get up super early, you know, four in the morning, uh, read, pray, and then I was driving, you know, 40 minutes, 40, 50 minutes from my house uh, to go work out a kid every morning. Uh, no charge, nothing. There was no, I mean, it was just all about trying to, 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 to cultivate a relationship with that player. And I know several grassroots coaches who, who do the same and, and have big hearts. Yeah, I think there's no doubt that uh, even from doing it myself, mm-hmm. from recruiting and having those relationships. So since when you do it, you have relationships at that level. So you have a different relationship when you go back to recruit different than it because you, you've been one of them. You know what it was like. You lived it. And so I think that's the part that gets frustrating is, you know, it's almost like and I don't even mind saying this. The, Bar, the Ball brothers played last night. Right. Mm-hmm. Two brothers that were drafted top five has never happened in NBA history. But the way LeVar Ball is looked at because of the media, because of the perception, it's like he's a terrible person or he's, he's done something bad, but ultimately he's kind of genius in what he did, to be honest, because no one else has done. And he had a shoe deal outside of all the other shoe deals that brought money into his own house instead of making somebody else rich. I have the product. I'm the one who has the, the kids that can play. Uh, and I don't mean product as in product, but I mean, ultimately I the commodity, right? So AU coaches kind of get the same uh, perception as like a LeVar Ball. And, and, and let's be honest, a lot of AU coaches are black. So it's like, yeah. wait a minute, we're, we're helping out where there's a lot of fathers that aren't involved. There's a lot of parents that may not be involved. There's not a lot of positive role mem- uh, role models always in these young people's lives for something that they care about, right? Yeah, there's teachers, but they may not be into school like that. But basketball, what they love, makes them into school. So I love the fact that we're touching on it. And it's something that, you know, somebody said this the other day. He's like, I appreciate what you're doing. He was talking to me. He's like, because you're allowing grassroots coaches now who are kind of the forgotten people in the pandemic. Everybody's getting on Zooms and getting interviewed and telling their story. But the grassroots guys really were the ones still coaching the kids, still mm-hmm. helping them figure out how to get recruited, still yeah. figure out how to help them get signed, still calling college coaches to figure out, how. let me get you film, let me get you transcripts. And so uh, the unforgotten guy who's just continuing. And to be honest, when things go bad in college, they're going to call back to their grassroots coach and their high school coach if they have a certain relationship. There's no doubt. I don't want to take high school coaches out of this by any means, but the grassroots coaches are the ones picking them up, taking them to tournaments, allowing them to have a chance to to grow in their game in a different way. Um, it's underappreciated. It gets undervalued. It gets this bad connotation about it. Like there's all this um, negative things happening on, on the grassroots level. So I appreciate you touching on that. Uh, Talk about for yourself, you've built this big time uh, program that has gone from kind of being an underdog to now being uh, a a mid-major power, if you will, or a high major now. Like, like, let's say Kelvin Sampson at University of Houston wasn't thought about, and then now all of a sudden they're top 10. So this is similar kind of a progression, right, where you built something into it wasn't really relevant for a while and and then now it is. So you've done that and you're going to do a great job with your guys on the circuit. So you'll have success. I'm sure you have goals. Yeah, for sure. I'm sure you have goals within the circuit that you want to continue to accomplish. 
guys will continue to go to the next level. You, you figured out how to win. You just talked about the success rate in the, in the records. And um, mm-hmm. so what's next for TJ once Texas Impact continues to do what it's doing? Is there an, another vision? Because you have your, your your board, you're drawing on your dry erase board, you're checking things off. What about TJ personally? I know you're selfless. I know you're giving stuff uh, for your players. But w- what's what's the the next step or the end game, so to speak, for TJ? Um. So after grassroots, you know, uh, finishes up, I guess, you know, whenever that time is. I would love to have the opportunity to to build um, a program collegially. I mean, I, obviously, you have to get in. It's a stepping stone. You have to work for people, being assistant, and, and and all of those good things. And I, I think one life long dream of mine would be to to, to step in and, and be able to be a head coach, you know, at the Division One level, and be able to build something, you know, build a culture, build an identity. You know, I think they have so many ways to touch young young athletes um, at the college level, I think that would be a huge opportunity, just being able to come in. You're with those guys pretty much every day. Um, you're able to instill different beliefs in those guys and set them up for, you know, life after basketball. I just think being able to have that impact on on kids, on, on young athletes, on young men would be um, – honestly a huge life goal or a dream come true for myself uh, being able to to coach and I know you touched on um, goals I mean goals within the circuit I mean I, I hear all the time and I've heard it from different um, people that, that, that represent the brand I mean guys are so caught up in like us trying to win and, and win games and, and hey, if you get on the circuit, you win, you'll let everybody know that you're here, you're here to stay. I've gotten caught up in that once before, and I think God put me through that to teach me and prepare me for this moment. I think it's no different than, you know, what comes after this or during this. I think the most important thing for me right now is just to continue to grow, continue to improve, grow as a person, uh, grow as a mentor, grow as a coach. I mean, just continue to learn new things, you know, year in and year out. Um like I said, I mean, you know, I'm, uh, you know, and I'm pretty sure a lot of people know, like, I'm probably the youngest grassroots director on the circuit, probably by a lot of years. Um, so with me being one of the younger guys out there, I think I think time is definitely on my side. So as long as I just keep growing and improving, I think things will will work out uh, the way they're supposed to work out. Absolutely. Success is written all over you, man. I've always said it and um, always been in your corner. That hadn't changed, but. Uh, even when you don't get to talk and when you don't connect with somebody as much, you just, what's understood don't have to be said. You know what For I mean? Sure. Um, sure. So I appreciate who you are and what you're doing. And um, I think nothing but the, nothing but the best is yet to come. So tell tell me this, TJ, as we kind of talk about you more, mm-hmm. what, what is, um, what's different about Texas impact? You know, it's a little bit of a recruiting pitch. Uh, if you had to say, one minute, and I, so I'll let you say what's different about Texas Impact first, and then secondly, I'll just let you give a recruiting pitch. But I'll I'll step in in between so we can break it up. But um, yeah, yeah what, what's different about Texas Impact? Easily the culture. <laughs> Easily the culture. I mean, I think I think it's extremely hard to play here, um, but I think just the mixture of like how hard you get pushed um, when you mix that in with 
um, the love, the care, the acceptance, I think is, is, is huge uh, here. But if I had to pick one thing that's just different from most places, I would say the culture. Um, I, I'm, I can't speak for a lot of AAU teams. I don't know if AAU teams have culture, but just the, the relentless grind, I think here is different, right? You, you're practicing mul- multiple times a week. I mean, you have film. <laughs> I mean, uh, kids are up on Zoom calls late at night, you know, after games, trying to figure stuff out. Um, you're getting scouts texted to your phone. <laughs> I mean, like, yo, this is this is your job this weekend. I mean, we have we play this team, this team, and um, here's how we want to cover that. I think just that, and then like the expectation level is is pretty high. Like, you know, the different ways we want to guard ball screens, or 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 I mean, you you can get in trouble here for closing out uh, with your feet directed the wrong way. I mean, just the every single minute detail. I think is. Is it is is probably what's different to be honest with you. Yeah, no doubt. Well said. Uh, we'll do we'll do these next round, these next three questions, just like one minute, whatever you got for me. So first yeah. one is uh, why Texas impact? I know you kind of touched on the culture, but if you had to say in one minute, why should somebody be a part of Texas Impact? And you can say culture again if you want to, but what's the the two or three things or the four reasons why or whatever words or whatever you got? Mm-hmm. Why Texas Impact? So I would say if, if you if you want to go somewhere where you're going to be promoted, uh, you should come play here. And then, honestly, if you want to come and play somewhere that's going to prepare you for what's next, you know, come play here. Our, our season isn't going to be about us winning some uh, championship here, championship there. Our season is going to be about everybody being a part and being a better version of themselves on and off the court. Um so if you're going to play here, I think it's it's about you wanting to be the best version of you, I think. And, and, and that's why I would choose here. I mean, it's just all about growth. Uh, it's not really about results at the end of the day. It's about growth here. And I, I think that's why somebody should choose to play here. Between that and how much we push our guys and promote our guys, I think those two things would be the reason why I would say play here. Yeah, well said. We talked. You talked about push. You talked about marketing earlier. You talked about promoting. Uh, talk about in one minute. What makes the recruiting process for a player to play in your program uh, so beneficial, right? How is it that Texas Impact benefits a young man's recruiting? No matter what, no matter what stage of where your recruiting is at, maybe you're getting some pretty good recruitment. Maybe you aren't. Maybe you're really on the radar. Whatever it is, you still have to make a decision in the end. And I think sometimes people forget how important or maybe they don't even realize how important the people around you are in the decision making process, not just getting recruited, not Mm -hmm. just getting offers, but also making the decision that is the best fit. So what about Texas impact is uh, the benefit for recruit your uh, players recruitment or parents recruitment? Um, We try to stay fairly out of the decision making process. I mean, we have some guys that who may need more help than others. I mean, and if they do, we're there to help. Um, But I would say like that the biggest difference is like after you're done. Right. As you know, uh, coach, when you go to a college, man, I mean, sometimes um, I tell my kids all the time, like it's just you, you know, in college. And what I mean by that is. Like, if you don't work, some of these schools may never have to deal with you again. I think the biggest thing, like, with us is we – we myself and my coaches, we try to do so much talking to our guys after they're gone that I think 
being able to have another another way to connect with the coach, I think, is, is kind of key because, you know, we'll call, check in. Hey, how's my guy doing? Is he, is he struggling in practice? Is he doing well in practice? Like, what are you seeing? What do you think comes next? Like, just different things like that, I think. It's one of the biggest benefits of a plan here. It's not just like, boom, you go to college, you're on an alumni board and we stop talking to you or, or, or doing anything to help you. I think we're, we're fully vested even after you're done. Yeah, well said. Well said. You talk about marketing and exposure. What would you say about Texas impact when it comes to marketing and exposure? Um, I think we're second to nobody in that, if I'm just being honest with you. Uh, definitely one of the best, I think, in the country. Uh, we do a lot of different things. You know, obviously Twitter is what gets seen publicly, right? The tweets and, and, and putting out what a kid can do. Um, little do people know, I mean, coaches know, but once, like if I tweet on a player, I'm also texting a bunch of coaches that I think that kid can help. Um, and then we have an email base that goes out at the beginning of the year uh, to every coach in the country. We, we separate it by conference and, and we send them out pretty much maybe three or four conferences a week with, hey, here's our roster. Here's who's offered and the level that the kids get recruited at and a little you know, a little snippet on that kid's game and what he does and what he would bring to the table. So I just think like the endless promoting and pushing and trying to tell guys about our players, I think is what's a little different here. Yeah, I love it. I love it. And that goes such a long way to make anytime you can make the college coach's job easier because other people may be trying to do something similar. Mm -hmm. They may not be as concise or efficient, but you get so many people trying to push this player or that player Mm -hmm. or so to be able to have something that's clear and concise and well done like that is so important. Uh, talk last one about the relationship between high school coaches and grassroots. What, what do you? What would you say about that? Because I think that's also uh, something that needs to be touched on before we close. Yep. So um, just when I'm running the 2021 team that we had last summer, uh, Emo, who goes to Bishop Lynch, um, Jalen Lake, who's at Waxahachie, Zurich Phelps, who's at Duncanville, uh, Tay Moser, who's at the Colony, Redis Petratus, who is at Oak Ridge. Um, That's who started pretty much the bulk of last season for us. And Cal May at BL, PV at Duncanville, you know, Coach uh, Ryan at the Colony, um, you know, Gober at Wax. I mean, you can, you can kind of go down the list of, of our rosters, man, I, I try to connect with kids, high school coaches the best way I can. I, mean, I make sure to call, introduce myself if we don't already know each other. I, I think it's very important, to be honest. I think if the process is going to work, I think everybody has to be um, on the same page. I mean, there can't be any jockeying for influence or anything like that. I think if everybody's on the same page and everybody just wants to help, I think it works out best for the kid. Um, and to be honest, a lot of high school coaches coach grassroots too. So I know there's like a strong, like, it would seem like a divide, but I know like at the highest level AAU, you have a lot of high school coaches that actually coach um, in grassroots. So we have high school coaches that coach in our program. So right. um, this year with 2022, this is going to be the fourth year in a row where I've had a, a high school coach's son on my team. So um, hurt myself, you know. I try to I try to be all in with the high school coaches. No doubt, no doubt. So talk about DFW. We talked about high school coaches. We talked about grassroots. What makes DFW basketball special? You know, what I mean, it's one of these places. It's one of these places that 
you know, you talk about pros, we talk about um, just college coaches who have gone from similar seats to yourself. Uh, we've had Yurik Maligi on the podcast. Uh, he's one that started in grassroots. There's several others, uh, myself included. And so my brother included, you know, he was on the grassroots. He's a head coach now leading his head coach at leading us in wins at his program. Um, Great job out there. Yeah, doing a tremendous job. And so what does it mean to be a part of such a place that's a mecca for basketball? People may not look at it as a mecca, but it is. uh, And they need to start looking at that way. And then uh, how do you think that benefits you when you do go to the next level? if you don't mind touching on those two things before we kind of close out. Dallas is hot. I mean, that's the best way I could put it, man. Dallas basketball is is really, really good, man. And You mentioned guys like Eric Malagy, probably one of the best recruiters, I think, to come out of Dallas. I mean, um, and one of the best coaches. I mean, not a lot of people give him credit for, like, what he knows about the about basketball inside and out. I've been on the phone with Eric late nights and just breaking stuff down before. Um, but Dallas is Dallas to me, man. It's, it's, it's hot. I mean, the guys are, the kids are really good, but iron sharpens iron, man. I mean, once you get that foundation of, of having really good players, you know, top players around the country, and then these other guys are, are playing those guys in high school games and summer games. I mean, they're getting better. I mean, when our kids go work out, I mean, they're working out with the top 15, 20, 25 kids in the country versus, you know, not having that here and just being a guy that's just out of body. I think we've, we've, we've developed the iron sharpens iron kind of um, stigma here. And then secondly, I heard somebody else say it, and I think it stands to be true. Um, a lot of jobs are in, in Texas, in Dallas, and a lot of people have moved here. I mean, myself, I'm from the Midwest, and um, I know a lot of people from Detroit, Chicago, Wisconsin, you know, they're moving to, to Dallas. And I, I think being, I mean, those people are still basketball people from basketball cities, you know, from basketball states rather. I think, and they're bringing that here and bringing that training, and I think helping flip Texas. To be honest, I think is the basketball has to be just as good as the football, if not better. I mean, to be honest, I mean it has to be right there. I mean, I know, I know Texas was like the second most recruited state in the, in the country uh, last year. So, um. Dallas basketball is off the chain, man. And, and and I think down the line that could help. I mean, just because having relationships here with the grassroots coaches, the high school coaches, the trainers, you know, so on and so forth, the media guys. Um, and there's just so many players out here. So being able to come back here and recruit, I think it's huge just because it's a lot of guys here. It's a lot of, a lot of good players here. Yeah, it's not changing. It's not changing. And they're always looking. They're always looking for a guy yeah. who can recruit Texas. Um, myself personally, I've benefited from being from Dallas, yeah. being in the Houston area as well, and uh, recruiting Texas. You can recruit Texas anywhere. Texas players go anywhere. Yeah. People know that now. And people, if you look at a lot of the successful programs, Gonzaga, yeah. Phil, Texas, dude, last year had three Texas starters. This year, Drew Timmy is absolutely uh, killing it. Michigan State, you can mention them. You can mention Kentucky in the years that, that they've been good, and Duke, and uh, yeah. You can go down the line, Texas right now. Kansas has, uh, you know, young fella playing really well. So there's players everywhere that go from Texas. So it's definitely going to benefit you when you do make that transition. I'm going to speak it into existence. Uh, No, the thing that that I I experienced, and you will have even more of this kind of equity 
Um, I did it in the grassroots circle and in the JUCO circle. So it benefited me both ways because that's the levels you recruit from. So you having paid so many dues over so many, uh, so many years and having real relationship where it's intimate, people have been able to see how you are with your players. Even if you went toe to toe and you won on a recruit or you won in a game, they're Mm going to respect the fact that you took care of your players the way you did, the Mm -hmm. way you uh, were professional, the way you were, and your follow through, you know, I think your follow through and your communication is important because yeah. in the, the day, guys in the grassroots level want their guys to go someplace where not only they're going to be able to put their chest out, that, that has a little bit of it. I think people get over that, but most grassroots guys want their guys to go where they're going to have somebody on the grounds that's going to make sure that young man has a great chance to be successful. Exactly. That's most important. I think that's, I think that's how I was able to build a relationship with you. And, and and coaches that do a good job recruit with you recruiting your program, that's what you want to feel comfortable about. And the head coach plays a role, but ultimately we all know the head coach gets busy and he's got 13 guys that have the same recruitment as, as that kid. So who's yeah. going to be the one ensuring that my young man is going to have the best chance to be his best version of self? Because he's going to mess up. He's going to make mistakes. So uh, let's, let's end with this funny story. Any funny story you got, and I know you got some. I, I can think of one, but I won't tell it. Um, and I may need help on it. What do you say? I may need your help on it. <laughs> um, and the other one is uh, we talk about writing your story, leaving your mark, creating your legacy. What, what you're writing your story, we know that. Uh, you're leaving your mark. Uh, what do you want your legacy to be when it's all said and done? So funny story, and then lead right into legacy. Um, <laughs> if I had a funny story, it's tough, man. It's tough. Um, that was a tough one. I don't have like too many on the top of my head, like a, just a story. Um, I will say this though, a lot of my funniest moments here recently, especially come from, from Biggie with Dallas Showtime. I mean, if you're around him enough, I mean, you're going to have a bunch of, a bunch of funny moments, uh, a bunch of funny moments. I, I don't know if I quite have a story though. I'm, I'm getting, I'm getting a brain. A brain freeze on that one. I got, I got, I got one a little bit. I, we won't tell the whole story. We won't give names. But I was with you at an event, and you were being charged at the door. And it's like, well, wait a minute. Like, I'm supposed to be, <laughs> I'm supposed to be able to get in here. I got my guys in there. Like, yo, what's the deal? So uh, it became funny, and we all could laugh about it later. But. I thought that was one I thought of. That was like I see, I see the funny side of TJ. <laughs> that was a, in the moment. That was a serious moment. <laughs> it was. It was. It became funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Um, you don't have to tell the story. We told it enough. You're good. Yeah, I'm gonna let that one. I'm gonna let that one pass by. Well, but that's kind of the stuff that I think, and I say funny because afterwards, when you are going back to recruit, that is stuff you'll be able to laugh about, right? Like. Yeah. Hey, remember that time, right? And, and, and it, all beca- it all becomes love in the city. Everyone in the city wants to do. There's so many media guys, so many good guys doing grassroots, so many good trainers. Everybody wants to see the city do well. You know what I mean? And every now and then the competitive part comes out. But I think that's one thing I love about the city and being from there and being able to still call it home. Uh, mm-hmm. It's always going to be a place I, I do the best to promote as best I can because uh, it needs to be screamed loud from the rooftops about the state and about the city. But uh, I think that's going to benefit you on the backside. So talk a little bit about leaving your mark, the mark you want to leave and, and the legacy you want to create. 
Um, to be honest, like, and that's something that I've thought about a bunch, um, just from different mentors of mine, um, different coaches in college that I kind of look up to. And, um, I think the mark I want to leave, I think will be answered by the guys I coach. If I'm just being honest with you, I think that, hmm, I don't think there's actually like a, like a, a certain mile marker as far as like accomplishments. I think the way my, my players feel, um, I've, I've been able to help or impact their lives, I think will be most important to be honest. So I think my mark will be kind of determined or evaluated by myself by kind of how those guys are able to react or how those guys, you know, handle adulthood, like how we prepared them or how I helped prepare them for adulthood and in life during and after basketball. Like, are they, are they ready to face some adversity? Are they ready to be a father? Are they ready to be a, a mentor? Are they ready to be, have an impact on somebody else's life? I think, I think to be honest, like if you talk about what, imprint you want to leave or legacy you want to leave I, I think that would be the one like just how how those guys feel about um how well myself and my crew help prepare them for life after basketball no doubt no doubt well i love it man i, I appreciate you coming on today had a blast i'm glad people get a chance to know the story and know the man behind texas impact people actually get to know your last name too not just tj from texas impact <laughs> TJ Thomas, a name that they will get to remember as you become uh, more and more successful in this game of basketball. I believe at the Division One level as an assistant to start, and uh, I look forward to support that journey any way I can uh, as well from my vantage point, man. So we'll give you any last words you got, and then we'll shut it down, man. Um, last thing I have, man, is just thanking you for, for, for allowing me to be on the show and giving me the opportunity to kind of answer some questions and, and, and let, let folks know about myself, my goals and, and our program. So I appreciate you for, for opening that, that door up for me. Yeah, absolutely, man. Absolutely. We got to, got to take care of each other in the city, man. So uh, yeah. love, keep up the good work. Excited about the Under Armour contract. Excited yeah. to continue to follow and, uh, yeah, you've always been a person I consider to be like family, yeah. uh, even though we've been, yeah, what's understood don't need to be said. We, we run in the same circle, but I'm glad for you, man. Happy for you. Always had much respect. Uh, I could have told a funny story, too, about camp that I worked the one summer I was out with you guys and and, and how I, I felt like I was I, I got oh. <laughs> that's okay. That's okay. You know what? That's the one I should have went with. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the one I should have went with. That's, that's yeah. a good one. That's a good yeah. one. We'll save yeah. that. One. We'll save that one for next time. We'll give some people <laughs> something to look forward to. But uh, yeah. much respect, man. Stay safe out there and keep up the good work, T. All right, man. I appreciate it. Okay, man.